It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks radio network. Here's Joe Brand. Unfortunately, another game north of the border goes south for the Blackhawks. They fall to the Toronto Maple Leafs 5-2 tonight and are now 0-3-0 on this Canadian road trip with one game left at the end of the week against the Ottawa Senators. But this one, pretty much all Maple Leafs as Toronto scored nine seconds into the contest. The Hawks were able to tie things up about a minute in. But after Toronto regained their second lead of the night, they never looked back as they scored five on Peter Morazic, their former goaltender, tonight. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 9.30 tonight here on 720 WGN. Let's head on up to the Scotiabank Arena, though, and bring in both Troy Murray and Kaylee Chelios, who uh, teamed up for a three-person booth, first time in Blackhawks radio history here on 720 WGN. Congratulations, guys, on making history. Wow, I didn't... uh... I didn't know that either. I didn't know that. I mean, but it's, again, I guess I, I've been here since the start. You <laughs> didn't know that, Troy. We switched to WGN. <laughs> I, I've never had a three-person booth, so I should know that. I, 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 I was going to say it's unofficially, but but we'll go ahead and uh, throw a party and maybe some streamers and balloons and, and give you guys the accolade. But no, great job. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. I, I, I liked the extra input. I thought Kaylee did an excellent job of shedding some insight that I didn't see and her knowledge of the game certainly is right up there great job Kaylee oh, thank you Troy learning from the best so any opportunity I have in here with you two is a, is a great one so a lot of fun in here and enjoyed the pizza I'm sure Troy will enjoy some late night candy on the plane on the way to Ottawa <laughs> oh that's right it's the, it's the Canadian content <laughs> that's right Troy can stock up on coffee crisp and smarties and the other Chips. kind of Kit Kats Ketchup Lots chips. Of chips. Oh my goodness, were there some chip crumbs all over the plane last night? Wild scene. Well, guys, I don't know how you want to start dissecting this one. Uh, we knew it was going to be a tough matchup coming in. Even without Austin Matthews, Toronto's a good team, and they get him back, gives him a little shot in the arm. Troy, you had mentioned they uh, had a little break after a rough loss to Columbus. I mean, everything was working towards Toronto's favor heading into this game, and they really didn't miss a beat in the full 60 minutes here tonight. I I think that the focus for them was playing up to their ability um, and not playing down to the level of the Blackhawks. And I'm not saying that the Blackhawks, you know, I'm, I'm not disrespecting the Blackhawks, but when you look at where they are in the standings, sometimes a team at the top looks at the team at the bottom and just doesn't prepare themselves the right way. And I think that was the case with Columbus over the weekend. So they're playing, you know, a game where they know that they need the points. If they want to get home ice advantage against Tampa Bay, they're going to have to win these type of games, and they're not going to take these games lightly. Getting Austin Matthews, as you mentioned, a shot in the arm. So uh, I thought this was a dangerous game for the Blackhawks coming off a disappointing loss last night, but opportunity for them to jump right back into it. Didn't start off well. Nylander scores nine seconds into the game. And and for the Blackhawks, they chased it all night long. And that uh, was unfortunate because Toronto just really basically did what they wanted to do in this game. I thought it was an easy game. Joe, you watched watched the game. Um, Listen to us. I'm just going to throw it out there. How many hits do you think the Blackhawks had in this game without looking at the stats? Well, I already looked at it. Um. <laughs> okay, but okay, but oh, so my point is, they had 42 hits in this game. 
Name one that you remember. Yeah, no, I, I can't. And I heard you guys talking about that before, but when you posed the, the question to Kaylee, I was thinking in my head, I, I can't. I can't point out one. There was a hit by Cole Gutman early on on Austin Matthews, and we talked about it. It just killed the play right up against the boards. Nice job by him. Blackhawks were able to transition away from that. But they had 42 hits, and I, I, I just didn't think, without looking at the stats, that they were that physical in this game. And it's it's it, the numbers kind of go from building to building because it's up to the off-ice officials to determine what is a hit, and, and different uh, buildings have different criteria or different persons look at it different way. Uh, but I thought this was an easy night for Toronto. I, I didn't feel at any point that they were threatened, and I think that if you have a team like Toronto that has all kinds of skill, the one way that you, you try and beat them when you don't have the talent to match them, is, is dig them into the alley, dig them into a street fight, and, and you know f- have some scrums around the front of the net, force their star players uh, to get involved, which is something that they don't really want to do. They don't want to play that type of game. So I, I didn't think that the Blackhawks did what they needed to do in this game, especially after getting off to a tough start. You, you, you know, right then and there, it's okay, well, let's, let's make it tough on these guys. And the one thing that Luke Richardson has stressed what the organization has stressed is competing and making the other team know that after a 60-minute game that they were in a tough game and it was you know one that they're going, wow, that was hard. I didn't sense that in, in tonight's game. I thought Toronto had their way against the Blackhawks. Yeah, Kaylee, I think Troy pointed it out too in, in the third period that Toronto was still playing their game. Like A lot of times this year we'll see the Hawks down by a couple of goals and then the other team can play a little bit more conservative. Uh, they don't have to press too much. They don't have to make risky plays. But it, it kind of seemed like this was a full 60 minutes for Toronto to get back to their A game, and they kind of pretty much did. Yeah, you're you're right on the money there. I agree. The way that Toronto moves the puck and how quick they can move the puck up the ice in transition really just was too difficult for the Hawks to handle. And they lose to Nordy last night. You know, Murphy towards the end of the game, too, obviously had that little incident. Hopefully that's nothing serious, but... You could just get a sense that the Hawks are a little bit banged up. It's been a long trip, and there's not really getting a whole lot of confidence. They've lost the special teams battles, and when they're at their best, they're forechecking, they're playing aggressive, they're getting underneath their opponent's defense, and they just didn't do that enough to be able to generate a, a good a good enough chance to come back against the Leafs team that was buzzing and like like you talked about too. I mean, playing their game, they just had the puck on a string all night, especially their top six. Well, Kaylee, explain to me the itinerary and the setup for Friday, because I'm all thrown off. Who's who's where? <laughs> what are we doing? When are you guys leaving? If if you can fill in a few of those blanks. We got me, me and John in Ottawa tearing it up on the radio side, and then you got Troy back on TV making it happen with Chris Vosters. Okay, okay, that sound good? That sounds great. And Kaylee, I I thought it was very cool that you pointed out this is the first game you've worked with Troy. Like mm-hmm. you've worked with John, you worked with Chris. I, I know you were bouncing around a ton last year. Or two, but obviously, you know, you are either where Troy is or Troy's where you're at, and this is the first time you two work together. I know. I rarely even get to see you, Troy, because whenever <laughs> you're on TV, I'm always uh, doing radio. He's too busy it, in the makeup chair and everything. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's getting all beautied ready. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is funny, though, because, you know, the whole broadcast team, we're always traveling together, and, you know, everybody's kind of involved, but, uh, yeah, this is the first time that uh, Kaylee and I have... Uh, done a broadcast together, so I just I, tried I, I to stay out of your way, it. Troy. No, no, you did a great <laughs> job, and 
And I and I agree with the, you know both of your assessment there with with Toronto and and I, I I liked what I saw from Lafferty at the end of the game a little bit of frustration there when um, William Neander tried to make a little fancy play in the corner and and you know that was all night long and I would have liked to seen that kind of happen early in the game and let these guys know that hey this is not going to be an easy game if you guys want to score some points you're going to have to earn it. And I didn't really think that the, the Maple Leafs had to earn a whole lot in this game. Now, Lafferty was probably the best player forward, at least, in this game for the Blackhawks. And if it wasn't for that goal he scored early on, who knows how this game could have tilted. Yeah, and it was a good response by Lafferty. I know we were talking a lot about Kurashev finally finding the score sheet, but it's it's always great to see Sam Lafferty manufacture a goal, too, just because he's a guy that always works hard all 60 minutes every single game. Anytime he gets rewarded, it's just kind of a, a feel-good situation. Yeah, you you like to see those guys. You, you like to see the fourth-line guys get involved because, they, they you know, a lot of times they don't get the, the power play opportunities. You don't get the points yeah, that come along with that, so they have to earn everything the hard way. And for a guy like Lafferty, he's, he brings it every night. Uh, you know, Reese Johnson, these guys that, uh, you know, play roles on this team, I, I think, you know, you got to tip your hat to them because they're not going to add a ton of offense. So when you do get that opportunity and you do put it in the back of the net, you got to be real happy for them. Well, you two, great job tonight with the great John Weideman. I know a three-person booth is not the easiest thing in the world, but I'll tell you, it never sounded like there were too many cooks in the kitchen tonight. So fantastic job. Job well done, and uh, we'll talk to you later on this week. All right. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. All right. That is Troy Murray and Kaylee Chelios. They were on the call with John Weideman tonight over at the Scotiabank Arena as the Blackhawks fall to the Toronto Maple Leafs. 5-2 tonight. Obviously not the start that the Blackhawks wanted to get off to on this road trip, if you can even call it a start now, as it's uh, game three of this four-gamer. They've now lost all three games by three goals. A 4-1 loss to Winnipeg on Saturday. Uh, Three goals or more, I should say, because they were shut out by Montreal last night, 4-0. So the Blackhawks now being outscored 13-3 13 to 3 on this road trip and the last chance to salvage it will be a game against the Ottawa Senators on Friday. The Hawks return back home on Sunday to take on these Toronto Maple Leafs. They'll also welcome in the Vegas Golden Knights on Tuesday, the Dallas Stars host the Hawks the following Wednesday, so it's it's not going to get any easier for this Blackhawks team over the next week. Uh, ironically, things do get a little bit easier. After a week has passed, next Saturday, the Blackhawks will be in San Jose. Uh, It's all the West Coast road trip, San Jose, Anaheim, and Arizona. So a couple of teams that the Hawks just did see and fared well against. But obviously, uh, what Troy had been saying earlier, it was kind of the proclamation that Luke Richardson made at the beginning of the season. And that is, no matter who the Blackhawks are playing, no matter where they are in the standings or where the other team is in the standings. He wants the other team to look at the schedule, see the Blackhawks on it, and think, ah, man, we got to get through those guys. There has been those circumstances this year, but for the last three games, that has not been the case. I will say the Winnipeg game, a 4-1 score, doesn't totally tell the whole story, but as of these last three games, you can't really give the Hawks the benefit of the doubt. We'll say they are missing some pieces. That's not an excuse, but that is kind of a reason why things are so out of place right now. Jonathan Taves hasn't been with the team for quite some time now. They just lost their enforcer of Jared Tenorti. 
Um, Ian Mitchell gets placed back into the defensive core, and I have liked Mitchell's game as of late, but he's not one of those strong, hard-nosed defensemen. He's more of an offensive defenseman, and uh, the Blackhawks struggling on, on multiple cylinders in tonight's game because, again, Toronto well-rested, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after losing to Columbus on Saturday. I mean, heck, they scored nine seconds into the contest. Like, they were very eager to play this game and probably dominate this game. And as I mentioned earlier, it it seemed like this was a game for the Maple Leafs to kind of reset where they're at and, and reset their game. And they had 60 minutes to do it, and they pretty much flourished in the whole setting. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. We're taking you up to 930 tonight. We are going to try our best to get some post-game sound from Luke Richardson, maybe a Blackhawk or two. Uh, this was a nationally televised broadcast, so we're kind of at the mercy to uh, one of our beat reporters to give us some post-game sound. Uh, if we think back to Richardson's comments after last night's game, uh, he wasn't too pleased with the team. He definitely... Uh, had called them out saying that the team looked displaced. They were chasing the game too much. Connor Murphy kind of echoing the same sentiments later on as uh, he was trying to dissect what went wrong for the team, said that they never really got off to their game plan that they wanted to. So uh, this was an opportunity for the Hawks to have a response, uh, to see how they would do with that response. And I know that's kind of what I focused my entire postgame on last night was even after rough games, rough losses, the Blackhawks come out with a pretty good response. Tonight, not quite the case. I, I thought probably the best period of the night may have been the first period. Um, even though they got outshot 18-14, to even though they were outscored 3-1 to in that first 20 minutes, I mean, it was a rough start for this Hawks team um, because Toronto just kind of Took the game in hand in the first nine seconds. Yeah, the Blackhawks caught uh, a turnover by Toronto. It was Sam Lafferty netting the Hawks' first goal, and that may have helped things spark a little life on the Blackhawks' bench. But, I mean, Toronto scored two goals after that, almost three. They did have to overturn a goal um, thanks to a, a profitable challenge coming from the Blackhawks' coaching staff, which good on them for recognizing that and jumping quickly on it. But it uh, overall wasn't enough as the Hawks were just lacking offensively tonight. Even in that first period when the Hawks were outshot 18-14, we were talking to Troy about this. It's not like there was a ton of high-quality, high-danger shots coming from the Hawks at that point. It was more so just throwing them on net. And yes, you want to see that. Yes, you would rather see shots fired towards the net rather than just nothing happening. Uh, it wasn't a, a ton of, it wasn't an explanation of how threatening the Blackhawks were offensively tonight because it really wasn't there. So another tough one you just got to put in the rearview mirror. Another game where, thankfully, the Blackhawks play in two days. I know tonight was a, an opportunity for the Hawks to have a quick bounce back. Even last night, Connor Murphy had mentioned, you know, that's the one good thing about hockey. It's It's a grinding season. It's day in and day out almost, but... A lot of times you get the opportunity to just have a short-term memory and fight off a rough loss from the night before and move into the next game. Unfortunately, that wasn't quite the case for the Hawks tonight. Congratulations to Cole Gutman, by the way, though. 
making his NHL debut tonight in a Blackhawk sweater. He played 12 minutes and 9 seconds on the ice. He was a minus one in this game. He picked up one shot on net. Uh, One of his shots was blocked. He had one hit, one giveaway. Three takeaways, though, and uh, won five out of his 13 face-offs from the dot in tonight's game. We do have sound from Max Domi. We have to take a break, though, first. Hawks fall to the Toronto Maple Leafs 5-2 to tonight up in Toronto. We're taking the postgame show up to 9.30. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. But we'll hear from Blackhawks forward Max Domi when we come back here on 720 WGN. Well, so rough a game. I don't know. You, I don't know if Ricky Martin himself could even dance after this one. Five two, they fall to the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Blackhawks. That is. This is the Hawks post game show on seven twenty WGN Radio, taking you up to nine thirty tonight. Let's get to our three star selection, which is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar, North America's leading premier collision repair provider. With your collision repair needs, visit CarStar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. The number one star, William Nylander, who scored nine seconds into the contest. Nylander also picking up his 30th goal of the season to lead the team. He now has 15 points over his last 10 games. I take that back. He's got 17 points over his last 11 games. He had a three-point night tonight with one goal and two assists. He was a plus two on three shots on goal. Rasmus Sandin picks up his or rather picks up the second star of the night. He picked up the second goal for the Maple Leafs tonight, re-giving Toronto the lead, and eventually they never looked back. So Sandin uh, giving Toronto the lead for good. And then Austin Matthews in his first game back, also scoring in tonight's game as uh, he picks up the number three star in tonight's game. Matthews also with an assist on the game. As the Hawks fall to Toronto 5-2, Max Domi chatted with the media. Let's hear from the Blackhawks forward. It's been enough time now to get used to that, but uh, it's always special. I mean, seeing the ushers and everyone, but uh, a lot of familiar faces that I grew up with and a lot of great memories here. So this is home, and uh, it's always fun to come back and, and play at home. That's what Kind of a crazy start to that game, but how would you sum that yeah, I mean, that's a good hockey team over there for sure. And um, I think their first couple of goals, I'm not going to say they were lucky by any means. They're, they're obviously well executed, but uh, I mean, that's a couple of bounces that, that anyone will take, right? So it's just a matter of calming the storm. I thought Laugh did a great job of that. It was a beautiful goal. And then, uh, I mean, just a combination of, of us kind of just sitting back a little too much and, and them executing at a pretty high level and um, kind of going back and forth here and there. But um, there was little bits and pieces where I thought we put some, some good shifts together. So. Again, it's just the same story of just trying to do that for a full 60. Um, that's what this league um, is all about, especially against some of the top teams over there. So um, good learning experience for sure. And um, I see Gutsy get his first uh, NHL um, game. It's always great to see. Really happy for him. Uh, it's awesome. So, um, again, hold on from this one. Tough one, but uh, back at it against Ottawa in a couple days here. That's three straight losses by three or more goals. Is there any pattern, you think, to this rough stretch lately? Um, you know, it's... It's the hockey gets harder as, as the season goes on, and uh, I mean these teams are, are fighting for, um, I mean standing positions. They're trying to climb the, the standings here, and, and as are as are we for sure. But these top teams, they're, they're gonna, I mean, care out for the playoffs here. So um, it's a good test, and we got to find ways when they start feeling like that to, to weather the storm a little bit. So um, again, it's, it's been a few games of. Um, kind of up and down a little bit, but uh, I thought there was bits and pieces, certainly a lot better tonight than the last game, but um, still some, some work to do for sure. You've uh, gotten to know Patrick Kane a little bit, I'm sure. How is he handling the craziness around this season for him? 
him personally with all the trade talk and where, wherever he might land? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously really a uh, good buddy of mine now. We spent a lot of time together. Uh, he was my idol growing up, so it's pretty cool and pretty surreal um, overall. But, uh, you know, I'm, it's it's tough on him for sure, and uh, he's handling a great, he's a great teammate. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's a leader in this, this locker room, especially when Taser isn't, uh, isn't around. Everyone looks to him, and um, I know it's... it's and everyone gets frustrated and we're losing and no one wants to lose and definitely not him. He's one of the most competitive guys I've ever met so we just got to do a better job of helping him out. But uh, no, he's handling it great and uh, I'm selfish that I hope he stays but uh, whatever happens, I mean, I hope it's best for him. Hard to imagine him. Imagine him in a different jersey? Yeah, yeah, real hard. I mean, like I said, he was my favorite player growing up. And uh, now we've become pretty good buddies, so um, selfishly I hope he stays. But again, like I said, whatever uh, he's going to do is going to be great for him in his career, and I think he's earned that. Uh, so whether that's staying or going somewhere else, I'm not sure. That's over my it's over my head. But uh, like I said, selfishly I hope he stays. He's, he's an awesome guy and an Hall of Famer. Um, no question about that. You've played 554 games in the NHL. Only eight of them have been here, but you managed to point every single time you played. Oh, really? including the assist tonight. Is it something different? I mean, you grew up here, you hang out in the ice tub there, you goof around in the training room when you were eight or nine years old. Like. I'd like to know how many wins we got. I mean, that's really all I care about. <laughs> I didn't total that one. I yeah. can go back upstairs and look. You can let me know on that. I after, will. But, uh, no, I mean, it's always fun, like I said. Um, every year, I mean, every year I've been in the league, the Lace have been a great team. Um, and um, certainly a, a, a game that I always have circled on my calendar, just as lots of guys do. I mean, there's so many guys that grew up uh, playing in the GTHL, MHA, and, and all that. So we're always pretty excited to come play at home and see our family and stuff. But uh, we all basically grew up Leaf fans, right, especially when, when your dad played there. So it's, uh, like I said earlier, it's, it's a lot of fun coming back here. And nice um, seeing some familiar faces, whether it's the ushers or, or certain staff members. Um, I mean, certainly made my childhood pretty amazing and pretty surreal. And I would be sitting here talking to you if it wasn't for all of them and, and the memories that we shared. So very grateful for the childhood that I had in this building. You literally have part of the GTA tattooed on one of your arms, do you not? Technically, no, but... No? Metaphorically, yeah. Port Hope? Do you have the Port Hope light tower? Did I read that somewhere? No, it's it's a light tower, but it's a random one. Oh, okay. So it's <laughs> yeah. Port Credit, sorry, not Port Credit. Yeah, it's supposed to be Port Credit, but it's definitely not Port Credit. Oh, okay. It's a little nicer looking. Gotcha. How, how have your emotions been? Like, I mean, there's uncertainty around your own future this next couple weeks here. Like, how have you managed that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're all in the same boat, right? Um, it's... It's a tough time of year, especially when, when the year has kind of gone the way it is. Obviously, some changes tend to happen around this time of year, and, and no one wants to see that. Um, we all have come, become pretty close in this room. It's a great group of guys, and it's unfortunate how it's kind of played out, but it's part of the business. So all you can really do is be a pro, come to the rink every single day, and, and be a good teammate. And I um, mean, the cliche stuff, really, um, just take it day by day. But um, you got to really soak it all in and enjoy it because um, these are, I mean, awesome times with, with great group of guys. So... Um, unfortunately, it's probably not going to last forever, but we'll see. At this point in your career, do you still have people asking you for tickets for when you come to town to play the Leafs? Yep. <laughs> How many? Can't say, but uh, no, I, I don't mind. It's, it's one it's one night a year, and um, they always enjoy coming. I mean, it's usually people that have supported me all the way, so I kind of owe it to them, and uh, a little bit of a pricing ticket, but I'm uh, more than happy to, to pay that one for them because, obviously, like I said, there's a lot of people that have... Uh, putting a lot of work and a lot of sacrifices to get us where we are today and this is just one way to get them back before we dissect max domi's comments let's take a quick break for station identification 
The Blackhawks, Wildcats, and the NFL play here on AM 720. On smart speakers, say play WGN Chicago. So clearly a lot of Toronto beat riders getting some sound from Max Domi, whose father, Ty Domi, spent 12 years with the Maple Leafs and just took a quick dive into Ty Domi's hockey reference page. Because I, I just wanted to match up the timeline, obviously, Max Domi talking a lot about growing up in Toronto and growing up around the arena. I mean, it's kind of cool with the timeline because Ty Domi's first two games in the NHL in the 1989-90 season were with the Maple Leafs. Then he went over to the Rangers for three years, then Winnipeg for three years, but then he was traded to Toronto a month after Max was born. Max was born in March of 1995. Ty Domi was traded in April of 1995, and then just finished his career with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that is probably the team that he's most recognized with and most remembered by. Kind of cool, Ty Domi with 777 games with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but so a cool opportunity for Max Domi to just reflect about his childhood and, and growing up around uh, that part of the area. Um, something that Domi had to say regarding the current Blackhawks, saying hockey gets harder as the season goes on. And I I think that's an important thing to point out. Again, these aren't excuses. They're hardly even justifications. But it is just a case. I mean, this is year one of a rebuild. This is a very difficult year for the Hawks. And I know I've sounded like a broken record all season long, but it is the case. This Blackhawks team is built to perform for a full 60 minutes by every single player contributing to create the best opportunity to win. You're missing pieces, you're playing a good Toronto team, a well-rested Toronto team, and a Toronto team with a bit of a chip on their shoulder after losing to Columbus over the weekend. You're not going to come away with a lot of victories when all those circumstances play into each other. Let's quickly go to our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. And we'll go with the guy who made his NHL debut. Congratulations to Cole Gutman being called up from Rockford tonight. Again, Gutman playing in 12 minutes and 9 seconds on the ice. He was a minus one in this game. Let's hear from the head coach, Luke Richardson. Kind of a crazy start. Uh, just sum that one up. Yeah, uh, you know, I thought they were obviously came out guns blazing. Unfortunate, you know, unfortunate bounce for Caber. He just caught an edge and went down on the first goal. But I thought we reacted well. And then, uh, you know, another bounce. You know, I mean, I, you know, I thought our guys uh, pushed back after two tough bounces, but they really came out skating in the first, uh, you know, half of the game. I thought, uh, but, you know, our penalty killing was much better. I think we, we still need to sharpen up on the power play and get a little quicker, a little more desperation and uh, execution there. Uh, but our guys, again, they, you know, they fought to the end and, and they're pushing. There was no give up. Uh, uh, you know, guys were, uh, you know, doing all the right things. It's just, you know, that's a big team. And, uh, you know, when you get behind early and you're chasing it the whole game, that's what we tried to avoid. But you can't do much about the two bounces. You know, Caber's doing the right thing, gapping up. He just caught an edge. And Murph's trying to stop pucks, and it goes off his stick, uh, and, you know, while Peter's trying to push to the back door because that's where the puck was going. So, And then, we, got, you know, the other one was the third, uh, or not the third goal, but uh, in the second period when it went over Peter's stick behind the net and they just made a really good play to the front to, to take the lead again where I thought we had a little bit of momentum going um, but you know what the guys in the third I thought we played much much better in the third we had some good line rushes for 
and uh, you know guys were playing hard so the you know there's no give up in this team and uh, you know we don't like to lose but uh, I thought there was structure of a game is much better than last game everybody's a professional but everyone's also human is it possible all this deadline talk is is affecting these guys in any way um, you know, so many guys that yeah, are just in limbo right now. I think you know. I think that takes its soul off the ice, but that 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 exhausts you. The mind's a powerful thing, and it, and it, and it exhausts you. Uh, but I, I find these guys are really good when the game comes time to you know. Other than last game, we were we were a little bit off of our ga- not game plan, but we were just not connected. And I thought uh, overall, when they when these guys put the uh, skates on, lace them up, I find that they're they're ready to play. Um, is it taxing on them the rest of the the day and days in between absolutely is probably as in we're in a Canadian market the whole trip so uh, that even uh, elevates it even more is there any common theme any common theme between these last three losses they've all been by three or more is there anything you can point to no I don't think so I think you know uh, you know played really well in, in Winnipeg you know we didn't we didn't have enough execution around Hellebuck, and they got an empty net at the end. So it makes it even look worse. And then the, ne- the next game, we're not there. We just none of us were there. I couldn't uh, really find. Uh, you know, when I, I look back at the Arizona game, I thought everybody played well. You couldn't find one guy that wasn't playing to his capabilities that game. The opposite in. in um, uh, you know, in Montreal our last game, we just couldn't find it. And tonight, you know, I, I can't fault our guys for the try. The effort was there. Uh, a few more, a few more executions on our line rushes for. You know, maybe we give it a little push at the end, and, and we're, we're close. But uh, you know, Toronto's an explosive team, and they were they were really moving the puck in the ozone tonight, and we had a little bit difficulty in that on a few of the goals. I wanted to ask you about goaltending deployment. Since you became a coach about 12 years ago, the goaltending position has changed a lot in terms of load management. What do you think is the biggest change uh, in terms of the deployment? You use two different goaltenders back-to-back nights, but just in general, teams are playing the 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 days of someone playing sixty-plus games are over. They are, they are, unless you're Hellebuck, I guess, uh, (laughs) you know, and or Vasilevsky. You know, that's the difference. I think it's there's less of those guys now. Definitely less of those guys that are big horses that can do that. Um, So you really have to have a good. Uh, 1A, 1B type, type type of situation where you can rely on both guys. And I know it's still 82 games and it's always been 80 or 82 games and the schedule doesn't seem to change, but I know I know I don't play anymore, but I find it even worse somehow. Right. The way the way it's loaded up and maybe there's four or five days for no reason somewhere in the middle and we could use those days as rest somewhere like on a trip like this or or uh, trips coming up where we travel and do back to back so that's where we gotta really be careful with the goaltenders and uh you know like peter peter's had uh, lower body injuries and groin injuries over yeah. the last few years you gotta really maintain for goaltenders because uh you know, like the the way they play now, it's a lot of up and down. There's not a lot of stand-up goalies anymore, so there's right. a little bit more wear and tear in their lower bodies nowadays too. So, um, you know, it's all it's all comes into the judgment on how we want to really kind of map it out. I think sometimes if we do double up a guy, it's just to to make sure we're maybe protecting a young goalie against a team like this in Toronto. So you got to put that in the thought process as well. So why are there less Hellbucks in Vasilevsky's game today? I don't know. Uh, that's a good question, but uh, we'd like to find one. But uh, I think, you know, I think uh, on the most part, you still are not going to have guys that play, you know, like Patrick Waz and, uh, you know, uh, Grant Fears or, or, you know, the old school goalies. You know, I... I don't know why. Uh, I think it's just maybe 
management coaches are getting smarter and not driving these guys into the ground and then they're tired in the playoff time i think you have to be smart about that so um as, as much as you'd love I, i'm sure coaching a guy like hellebuck and vasovsky and just going to him all the time i think you have to be careful too and uh you know i mean you don't want to get someone injured uh just by overplaying them but you know who knows why there's less of them i just find that there are but what do you think of gutman thank you gutman was good smart player in the positions uh a lot tonight um you know maybe he's a heads up player and can play in pretty much any situation but you know what first day here traveling early this morning we just thought it was better to put mitchell he's more familiar on the power play there and maybe uh and and you know i mean getting a couple days in our system before maybe we we give him a shot on a, on a special teams or something like that but five and five i thought he played with uh smart hockey players and uh you know they they did some good things out there and i thought he was very responsible so you know i mean for his first game in toronto uh, uh on uh you know the big stage i thought he did really well in terms of the schedule, Luke Richardson is spot on. Troy Murray even mentioned it after the All-Star break. You know, the All-Star break lasts so long now, it's pretty much a week. And then the rest of the schedule is so jam-packed. I'm looking at it right now. With the back-to-backs, and then there's some patches where there's two days off in a row, the Blackhawks end their season basically playing one game every two days. That's how the schedule shapes out when you have that long break off. Everything is just so jam-packed. And when the question rose, you know, why aren't you seeing goaltenders play 60 to 70 games anymore? I'm sure that is a reason why. We've got more to get to. We're going to play the highlights next, but we'd love to hear from you. 630, wow, where am I? 312-981-7200 here on the Blackhawks postgame show. I've only been saying that number for the past two years now. Uh, call or text 312-981-7200. Hawks fall to the Maple Leafs 5-2. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show 720 WGN. Blackhawks fall to the Toronto Maple Leafs 5-2. They suffered their third straight loss. Their last chance to salvage a victory on this road trip would be Friday night against the Ottawa Senators. Their first look at Alex Dabrinkit in an Ottawa Senators jersey. Again, the Hawks will return back home. Games at the United Center on Sunday against these Maple Leafs. And then on Tuesday against the Vegas Golden Knights. They'll close out the month of February on the road with a West Coast road trip against Dallas, San Jose, Anaheim, and Arizona. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks Post Game Show taking you up to 9.30 tonight. we still got time for your calls or texts. 312-981-7200. But let's hear how it sounded over at the Scotiabank Arena tonight. And again, Toronto... Struck early. Peter Morazic and goal. We're underway. Here's Nylander, the Hawk net. He shoots. He scores. Nine seconds into the hockey game. The Leafs take a 1-0 lead. Didn't take them long. Didn't even get through the starting lineups of this game here tonight, and the Leafs are already out to a one-goal lead. And again, it was Nylander's team-leading 30th goal of the season, as John said, nine seconds into the contest. Also Nylander's eighth goal in his last 11 games. So Toronto striking quickly, but then 53 seconds later, the Blackhawks were able to fight back. He pulls out the nine iron, lifts it through to the Leaf line. Doubling back to get it. Calvi Arncrook gave it away. Here's a shot now from Lafferty. He scores! Sam Lafferty off of an errant pass from Callie Yarncroke. 
Lafferty intercepted the pass with the backhand portion of his blade, walked it right in on the goaltender, Samsonov, dicked him and put a backhander into the top shelf, and we're tied. Lafferty's ninth goal of the season, but his first in his last six games. So the Blackhawks able to tie things up, are able to get punched, but throw a punch right back. After that, though, Toronto was able to grab yet another goal. Now the draw to the right of Morazic. It's... Sam Laffrey against John Tavares. A shot from the left side. They score. This is off the stick of Rasmus Sundin. Might have been tipped on the way in. Went off Connor Murphy's stick. Sandine's fourth goal of the season as Toronto just capitalizing after winning a faceoff. So they quickly made it 2-1. And then they quickly made it 3-1. But it didn't count. Back in the hawk zone again. Marner put it beside the net. They score. A slam dunk type of goal from Alex Kerfoot. And the Leafs now extend their lead to 3-1. to one. The Blackhawks, Luke Richardson, is going to call a timeout here, trying to settle Chicago things down. doing a coach's challenge for offside prior to the goal. Not a timeout, a coach's challenge. It's going to be a quick call here from the officials. We'll go down to the ice level. Upon video review, the play was deemed to be offside. There you go. So it would have been a great timeout called by Luke Richardson, but an even better turnout is coaching staff wisely challenging that call. It worked out in the Blackhawks' favor, keeping it 2-1. But then later on, Toronto grabbed that goal right back, and there was no looking back from this one. Leafs keep it in, however. Sandine to Matthews high slot to Sandine left wing corner. To Nylander, rolling it out to the blue line. It almost went across. Nylander, right circle to Matthews, left circle, shoots and scores. Boy, when the Leafs get going, they look like a machine sometimes. And Austin Matthews, credited with the goal, able to pick it up in his first game back after dealing with an injury. So a 3-1 lead for Toronto in the first 20 minutes. They outshot the Hawks 18-14 in that first period and made things pretty difficult. When we began the second period, though, it was the Blackhawks able to strike first this time. Leafs clear there and bunting to center ice. Coughed up the puck. Domi back into the Leafs zone. Left circle. Sets up the slot. Curse of a drive. He scores. What a perfect setup by Max Domi to Philip Kurashev, who without hesitation ripped it by the goaltender Samsonov, and the Hawks will get one back in trail 3-2. Kurashev's eighth goal on the season, but with that goal, he does hit a career high with 22 points on this season. It was his first goal in his last nine games, his first point in his last five games, and Kaylee Chelios and I had talked about it in the intermission. Just great to see a guy like him find the score sheet once again. He has been knocking on the door a few times as of late, and I really have wanted to see him score as a result of his puck handling ability and some of the really flashy passes that he's had to a few of his teammates, something along those lines. Not going to complain when Philip Kurashev scores a goal, but again, it's great to see him be rewarded after uh, definitely providing a lot of the offensive threats for the Hawks as of late. Unfortunately, that was the final goal that the Hawks would score because later on, less than seven minutes later, Toronto tacked on another one. Snaps it off the glass to center ice. The Leafs get it back. And Marner again will dump it down the boards. Now from behind the net, the puck is centered out by Kerfoot to Tavares. He had a wide open net to shoot at because Morazic had skated in behind to play the carom of the puck. It's now 4-2 Toronto. 
Tavares picking up his 24th goal of the season there, giving Toronto a 4-2 lead. And as John had mentioned, Mrazek was in behind the net on that sequence. Rough look for Peter, too, because he had just had a stretch of 14 straight saves. Really did look like he was settling things down, but obviously the Maple Leafs capitalizing on that. Real quick, Tavares scoring the goal tonight is one of our pregame picks that we had. Again, on our FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show, we always give you three bets to take a look at. And uh, Tavares' scoring was one of them for a payout of plus 128. So if you took that, congratulations. We also went with 32 Peter Morazic saves. And even though Toronto scored five goals tonight, Peter Morazic had a total of 37 saves in this one. So that was a payout of minus 122. The only thing we whiffed on was Seth Jones. He had two shots on goal tonight. We were going for three. Wouldn't have been a, would have been a payout of plus 112. And unfortunately, that was the only one we missed out on. But again, two for three, one of our better nights on the FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show. Final goal of the game came from Connor Timmons, 16.07 into the second period. And then McCabe had it and skates behind the net, lost it. Matthews, Austin Matthews put it to the line. Timmons with a drive, he scores. That one was through traffic. Poor Peter Morazic had a conga line of hockey players in front of him there, never saw it. 5-2 Toronto. Yeah, it was like pretty much four people in front of Mrazic. It was very difficult for him to read that one. Can't knock on him for that goal. Timmons, by the way, with 13 points and 19 games for the Toronto Maple Leafs since coming over for the Arizona Coyotes. So he has gotten off to a great start with his new team. As we were mentioning the betting landscape, if you didn't hear, tonight's game heading into it, the Toronto Maple Leafs were the biggest favorite in NHL history. And we're talking ever. Now, clearly, the sports betting landscape has just kind of taken the world by storm over the last couple of years. So there's probably not too many records of uh, gambling lines on certain hockey games. But they were a favorite at minus 610. The Blackhawks were underdogs at plus 440 would have been the payout if you bet on Arizona. Rather, if you bet on the Hawks winning tonight's game. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition. A 5-2 winner for the Toronto Maple Leafs. With the win, they improve to 33-14-8. They pick up their second win in their last three games. The Blackhawks fall to 16-32-5 with tonight's loss. We've got one more break. When we come back, we'll take a quick look around the NHL. Hawks fall to the Maple Leafs 5-2 tonight. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. One final stop. On the Blackhawks post-game show, as we recap a 5-2 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm Joe Brand. The Blackhawks' next game Friday night against the Ottawa Senators as the Blackhawks will wrap up their Canadian road trip and trying to pick up their first win. Again, 0-3-0 up north of the border after losses to the Winnipeg Jets, Montreal Canadiens, and Toronto Maple Leafs. Tonight was one of just six games going on in the NHL tonight, and there's really not too much to recap now. Well, Ever since Brendan Rook came in and handed off uh, the stat sheet of all the games, we have had a couple of goals, but no audio to play for you just yet. We'll start in Tampa Bay, where the Lightning and Coyotes are scoreless, and they're already past halfway of that contest. 442 left in the second period of that one, as Arizona is trying to pick up a point in their seventh consecutive game. Tampa Bay hasn't scored a power play goal in their last seven straight road games. Kind of a surprising stat. 
for the reigning Eastern Conference champions over the past three years. The Detroit Red Wings are trying to pick up their fourth straight win. They're off to a good start, a 2-0 lead over the Edmonton Oilers. Goals by Captain Dylan Larkin, his 21st of the season. Mo Sider with his fourth goal of the year so far. Edmonton, the last team to beat Detroit. It happened last week. Colorado, the reigning Stanley Cup champs, are on the road against the Minnesota Wild. They were the second game on the TNT uh, landscape tonight. Colorado with a one-goal lead thanks to an Andrew Cagliano goal. 151 left in the first period of that one up at the XL Energy Center. Colorado trying to bounce back from a 4-3 shootout loss to Tampa Bay on Tuesday. The New York Rangers now with a 2-1 lead over the Vancouver Canucks. There's 8-20 left in the first period. Former Blackhawk Artemi Panarin picking up his 17th goal of the season. On that same line, Mika Zibanejad with his 28th goal of the season. I don't know if you heard, but once the Rangers acquired Vladimir Tarasenko from the St. Louis Blues, they're calling that top line the ATM line for Artemi Panarin, Tarasenko, and Mika Zibanejad. It's a little butchered up, but probably the coolest nickname for a line in hockey as of right now. And the Buffalo Sabres are 0-4-1 in their last five games. They're visiting the Anaheim Ducks on Superhero Night. First thousand fans got a Trevor Zegras Action Hero giveaway. It is 1-0 Buffalo, thanks to a a goal by Tyson Jost. Again, the Blackhawks' next game will be on Friday against the Ottawa Senators. Batherson now to win it for Ottawa. He comes in with speed down the wing, moves in, scores! Batherson gets the game winner, and the Senators win it in the shootout. That's Dean Brown of TSN 12,000 AM. Again, the Blackhawks taking on the Ottawa Senators on Friday, a 6 o'clock puck drop, 5.30 pregame show, FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show right here on 720 WGN. Blackhawks Hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser, ComEd for Business, ComEd Powering Business, Powering Lives. United Airlines and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to all the help we got here at the WGN Studios. Our production team of Brendan Rook and Jack Heinrich. Our engineers were Brett Jackson and the tireless Krista Flores. Over at the Scotiabank Arena, John Wideman had the call with Troy Murray and Kaylee Chelios. Great three-person booth. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brannigan. and the final score, Toronto takes down the Hawks 5-2. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's John Landecker. We'll talk to you on Friday with the Hawks in Ottawa. Have a good night, everybody. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.